Let's spread a song so you can sing along with one special guest star two. Or two. You like to sing and dance, and this podcast by chance explores musicals for you. everyone welcome back to another episode of life's but a song a podcast that likes to live in the land of musicals i'm your host john and with me today is my best friend and bestie of the pod lauren gismondi everyone hello lauren oh man everybody the 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 we are i've gone off the rails okay i am laying track for this episode and it's gonna be awesome can't wait to share it with you and john is now laughing at me and real and you know shaking his head and i deserve it so let's let's go let's do it oh my god this is an this is an afternoon recording <laughs> so we're here to talk more about crazy ex-girlfriend season four because you know john planned it this way John planned it this way, and Lauren can't follow directions. So This is why no one will hire me as an actor. No. <laughs> can't follow directions. Get it? <laughs> so, the music, right? Yes. Um, for starters, let's talk about the theme song of the season. Meet oh, the back. clip show, yes. So, in seasons past, they had like a post credit scene or like right before the end credits happened there was like a little interstitial moment they this season moved it to the beginning with the other rebecca where she says something different <laughs> every episode yes yes and i love wikipedia for um keeping track of what other rebecca says barking noises yes. uh, <laughs> i'm dating my uncle uh, <laughs> Uh, but like the songs this season, so, they're so good. I mean, they're always so good. Yes, and I also I I didn't do a head count of the songs, but are there less songs in this season compared to the other seasons? I don't. I'm not sure. That's why I'm asking. Well, so I think this would probably be tied with season one because of the number of episodes. For the most part, it follows what it's been going the uh, the rest of the series where like it's like two maybe three songs in episodes i'm looking now sometimes there's one um there's that one episode though when she does the community theater <laughs> review okay who are we commenting on this on the community theater one you mean yeah like the they she's talking about the music and how like you know, she grew up with it and uh, she loved it as a kid, but now she's re-listening to the songs and she's like, oh no, oh no. Well, John, I would say that, um, I'm going to give an example. How about the first time you ever brought me on this show and we did Seven Brides for Seven Brothers? I knew you were going to go there. Well, you say what's one that's inappropriate. I'm like, well, I didn't know if it yeah. was, if they were singling out a single composer I don't think so. I definitely think that it's a whole period in the musical theater canon that exists like this. Got it. I would. I. You, it's hard to single out just one when there's more than one. <laughs> and like this is episode fourteen, where it it's the precursor to the end where she starts mm-hmm. writing her own songs because she rewrote right. her this song. She writes her own lyrics. That Nathaniel. She, what is she? Yes, yeah, so she revises them and then they get kicked out of the community theater scene in West Chicovina forever. <laughs> Which, speaking of guest stars, Sherry O'Terry, what? I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> A gift, really, truthfully, you know? Uh, but like, yeah, we get, this season we get a lot of reprises or like callbacks. Mm-hmm. Um I'm seeing like the the Jap battle uh, between Audra is like them now loving each other. There's the love of the math of love quadrangles. Yes. Um, Don't be a lawyer. Oh my God. Don't be a lawyer. Now I have, I know some lawyer people who've also watched the show (laughs) and they're like, don't be a lawyer. 
is what I tell people whenever they say they want to be a lawyer. Like they, they, they're like, I just send them the song and that's it. I know. What a waste of money when you really think about it. I think they're being very honest with everything in there because they're like, well, what about, you know, environmental law? What about this? What about becoming a Supreme Court justice? And you're like, no, nope. <laughs> nope, not a thing. Good luck. <laughs> but like also they play a lot with other music. So like Our Twisted Fate, which happens in the same episode yes, of Field Lawyer. Yes. That's uh, Simon and Garfunkel. There's... Oh yeah, it's, it's a total pull of um, that and Windmill of Your Mind is the other song that came to mind for me as well. Hmm. And I know that one. Ah, you're going to have to listen after we're done. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send it to you. You're welcome. Uh, but like, and then we had, um, uh, what was that one? I need to find it. Fuck. It's that episode. <laughs> it's that episode where, every, where, the, fuck, fuck, fuck. Where are you? Sorry, Lauren. Uh, sorry, Lauren. That's okay. Take your time. Um, it's not the vagina episode. It's the, <laughs> it's the one where they all go, where, we talked about it, where they're paired together. Episode six, where everybody's in the thing. Thank you. Uh, yes, trapped in a car with someone you don't want to be trapped in a car with. Beach Boys. That is the yep. Beach Boys. <laughs> Which I finally understood the the part of the song where they're like, and now it's the experimental period. Yeah. <laughs> Which if you want to understand that section of the song, uh, the Beach Boys have an album called uh smiley smile which surprisingly good vibrations is on that album <laughs> i don't know if that's a surprise no it is because uh, <laughs> after listening to the album I'm like oh i get good vibrations now <laughs> yeah it's a weird one <laughs> um do we want to talk about cats <laughs> let's talk about cats <laughs> okay so i I think I said on the episode that I did that we did cats. I have never seen cats prior to watching the movie. So, but this was also my introduction to cats in a way. Cause like I got the reference without actually getting the reference. I mean, in fairness, it was on Broadway forever. So that makes sense. It doesn't take, if you lived, I think I, I saw it today as a meme. Like if you lived in the tri-state area, in the 80s and the 90s, you saw the same Cats commercial sometimes 17 times a day. Her oh, yes. going up yes. to the spaceship in the tire. Yeah, that is burned <laughs> forever in my brain. So that's, it doesn't take much. <laughs> it's a core memory for some of us. But like, I now understand the parallels. I mean, they kind of, when, when, they, when the, the nostalgic vagina metaphor comes out you're like okay this is memory or um which one is it is it funky or itchy i think it's funky funky is the one that is supposed to be like rum tum tugger yes played by tadra call (laughs) 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 but yeah this i those so good i'm sorry i'm looking at it on wikipedia and it says nostalgic vagina metaphor sung by nostalgic nostalgic cat and doggy dog yep (laughs) it's so dumb i love it (laughs) oh we didn't we didn't mention this last time but the episode i'm almost over you which is this nathaniel's basically episode Mm -hmm. doing a rom-com so good but also the gratuitous karaoke moment (laughs) I think it's because we all know that person why are you looking at me when you said that i mean I could, you're the only one in the room right now john so i don't really have much choice if that somehow makes you feel better i don't know it <laughs> does <laughs> but what what were some stickouts for you this season of songs mm, let me pull up the playlist because i had to find it on spotify because i couldn't i was like for the life of me i'm like there's too many of them every season i have the same conversation with my stuff myself i'm also seeing that adam schlesinger actually sings a song this season yes real life fighting is awkward 
Oh, he sings too then. Cause yeah, he's like, yes, the pretzel song. <laughs> and then real life fighting is awkward, which is oh mm-hmm. surprise. Yes. I really love trapped in a car with someone you don't want to be trapped in a car with. Mm-hmm. Yes. I have been on those road trips. They're mm-hmm. awful. They really, really are. Um, let me I'm scrolling through all of them. Um, I guess the variations on hello, nice to meet you. Mm. Seems like it happens multiple times. So how that changes over the course of the whole sh- series is really good. Or is episode, whatever it is, I forget ep- which. Ep- the whole season, because like mm-hmm. they sing it twice in one episode because f- uh, Rebecca is finally coming to terms with the fact that Greg looks different, even though everyone's like, he doesn't. What are you talking right. about? Right, yeah. <laughs> I think another standout is Forget It. Tova Feldsha completely losing her mind. Oh. What she finds when Rebecca comes to her and says, hey, by the way, um, here's all things in my life that I've changed. And then she ultimately goes behind her back to get try and get her job back. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, the, the, the mom's kind of going, going crazy for different reasons. So you have what Paul is going through as a parent. And then you have almost kind of an interesting juxtaposition of what um i forget her mother's name naomi Naomi. what naomi is going through Mm -hmm. i kind of like that those two kind of parallel each other within i forget if it's the same episode or it's like within an episode of each other you have these two very different mom experiences mothers reacting to their children doing things that they didn't anticipate their children would do and i mean i remember dealing with that with my own parents especially when I decided I wanted to go to school for musical theater, just watching two very different reactions in one household. <laughs> it has all worked out since then, but let's just say one parent was okay with it. And the other parent was absolutely totally petrified and flipping out. I won't say which is which. <laughs> and I can guess. <laughs> and I have a 50, 50 chance of knowing which one. <laughs> That's the thing. It's like you could, you know, never know people can be surprising sometimes but that's besides the point um so i kind of like that they use like this the, 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 what is it um i've we talked about this last episode i've always never believed in you and then forget it to kind of like you have these two very different views on parenting kind of in a way one parent who has never really held on kind of in the first place or was barely hanging on and one who was it has, you know, a vice grip on the situation. And what happens when that gets taken away? How do they react? How do they move forward, right? Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> mothers. You asked me which ones I like. I mean, I really, I like all of them, but there are definitely standouts in this season. And those two are two of them. <laughs> I always cry during 11 o'clock. I know I said mm. West Covina, but like that whole episode is just, ripping me to shreds because it's the yeah. last episode yeah and like i love the how she <laughs> she talks about the 11 o'clock number she defines it for paula because paula as a character does not understand musical theater and then she sings a song that turns into a medley yep which is beautiful the writing of the show is stellar it's amazing because oh. like they know they know when to be serious. They know when to be funny. They know, like, last season when Rebecca um, tries to commit suicide mm-hmm. and then they go into a diagnosis, It's a, they, they had the delicate balance of, like, this is a very serious, these are very serious episodes. This is a very serious topic. But, like, funny? We have to be in a way. <laughs> we have to be a little funny. Well- you have to be a little funny. And I think anybody who's been through anything, maybe not anybody, I'll speak for myself, like the horrible things I've gone through in my life to be self-referential, humor has been a crutch to kind of get through it. Like if you're hobbling or crawling along, humor can be the crutch that gets you at least over the finish line. And yeah. if you talk to anybody who is, who is not any, I don't know why I'm assuming everybody's like this. It's not, it, that's a bad Lauren, very bad. Some of us, we use our humor as a way to combat the scary 
feelings, the sad feelings. It is a bit of a defense mechanism, frankly, one that I've had to work to kind of recognize when it's actually helping or when it's doing more damage, you know, because there's a really fine line between those two. And it's very easy to blur that line and get confused. Yeah, because like within the same season, we we get songs like Don't Be a Lawyer or Twisted mm-hmm. Fate and the vagi- the Vagina as Cats song. Mm-hmm. The Pussy Songs, that's what I'm calling I've been calling them that. I'm like, they're the Pussy Songs. But then we get other ones that are like, you have to really listen to it. So like, mm-hmm. Time to Seize the Day. Yeah. Where it's presented as a humorous, funny song. But, like, you really listen to it, you're like, no, this is, like, I know they say agoraphobia, but, like, it could also be depression. I mean, yeah, those are two things that can be tied to that are connected, for sure, that have very similar symptoms. Right. But, like, you know, the they do, oh, man, this, the, no one can come back to, like, can do this show again. I don't think... I don't think so. I think it'd be very hard to recreate. There's only one other song I can think of that's been written recently that kind of illustrates the battle of what it means to struggle with, you know, with with your mind, which is, believe it or not, from Frozen 2, um, is the song is called The Next Right Thing. And this is like all hope is lost. Everything is awful and scary. And now I'm in the bottom of a pit. That's where the song starts. And it shows Anna climbing towards the light, but it's a struggle for her. And basically the whole song talks about how like, no matter how bad things get, sometimes it's just about doing the next right thing. During the worst of the pandemic, like we experienced it here in my apartment where there were days where we were just kind of locked up in our own fears, you know? Yeah. With everything going on. And sometimes it was just that like, okay, what do I, what can I do? What do I have control over? And it is like, okay, I can at least take a shower. I can at least get myself a glass of water. I can maybe go stand outside on the porch for five minutes, you know? And that's sort of how it builds up and develops from there. Does that, you know? And so I think that that's, it's a tricky thing to try and recreate with a series. It's so good because like, it still follows the humor of Rachel Bloom's YouTube videos prior to this. But I feel like it's all about growth, man. Like I've been saying, it's like you're growing and everything. And then we get to like The Darkness, which is also another serious song that I don't think, if memory serves, it's been a while since I watched this episode. It's not a funny song at all. It is one it of the more serious moments. No, but it, but we need that leverage. I don't really like to think of this show as a comedy. I don't. I think of it as a musical series, really? you know, because I feel like, well, yeah, because I mean, yes, of course, there is a lot of comedy, but there's some dark shit. Like, yeah. there's some dark shit in this show. There really, really is. And I often think, you know, that that sometimes it's easy to get that miscategorized. It's like, oh, it's a comedy, but there's some dramatic moments. I'm like, eh, let's just call it a musical. I'm like, it's a four season long musical. And there's laughs, there's tears, and there's everything in between. You're going to feel some stuff. Woo-hoo. I see your point because like, it is like musical theater. It, it This show runs the gamut. You know, there's the sticky you know spam a kind of songs and then there's like the next to normal um you know type of songs and then there's like the, you know rent somewhere because <laughs> they need like the blockbustery musical type hello we they did a whole cats episode it took them four seasons they finally did cats uh <laughs> um but i'm looking at all of these and like I don't think that there isn't really a clunker this season of a song. There isn't a song that I'm just like, why are you here? You know? Yeah. Well, I think after four seasons, or I guess at that point, after, sorry, after three seasons, you sort of get a grip on what works and what doesn't. Eh. Eh, sort of. I said sort of. I'm going to give leniency, you know? And I think that that's an interesting thing for like a writer's team to work through like are we going to go didactic are we going to go non-didactic you know are the songs just going to be the songs for the sake of their being them just being there or is there a point 
And when is which thing happening and why? And I think, you know, after a couple of seasons, you kind of start to find that rhythm. You find that groove. I'm sorry if you just heard our microwave go off, but it's <laughs> and boops here. happen. We're, we're... Beep, beep, boop, boop, boop. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I think I inhaled too much chlorine at the pool this morning. <laughs> my poor brain is like, Wee! I'm keeping all of this in. Wow. <laughs> Let's talk about the show now. The songs, please, please, please throw okay. me a bone because I don't know where I am now. So I, I know we talked about it with El Nardo last episode, but like yes. antidepressants are so not a big deal. They're not anymore. No, I mean, they, and they do it in a, it's interesting mm-hmm. because rewatching it, it's filmed like a medication commercial. Yes. Which is in and of itself is friggin' hilarious. Because, like, if you notice, everyone's wearing a solid color. There is, like, rarely a print mm-hmm. or graphic tee or mm-hmm. something. Yeah. Um, it's a show-stopping big musical number. Mm-hmm. And they tap, which I love. Yeah. I love tap. We know I love tap. It's been a Yes, selfish. yes. But, like, uh, Dr. Okopian... I love Michael Hyatt. I love her (laughs) so much. I wish Mm -hmm. she sang more on the show. But like when she does, I'm always just like, I'm listening. I love it. (laughs) Give me the dream girl ghosts. Yeah. And honestly, I think that there's a reason that she doesn't sing as much. Honestly, I think it is part of the writing. And it's not because this isn't a skilled performer. I honestly think it has more to do with like, how the character exists and sometimes you know with the song segments they do transition into weird wacky dream world more often than not in this show they don't really stay typically stay in reality right so maybe that's part of the reason frankly the therapist doesn't sing as much because that maybe for this season she's one character who is grounded in reality well i said this i can't remember which season Mm-hmm. But I was like, we don't know a lot about Dr. Copian. And I think it's because we see the show through Rebecca's eyes. So like mm-hmm. Rebecca doesn't know anything about Dr. Copian. So why should we know anything about Dr. Copian? Exactly. Um, there was a song I did want to mention too. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to find. Oh, so you talk about another, like they go into a dreamscape or whatever. Mm-hmm. The group mind has has decided you're in love (laughs) that made me laugh so hard I mean I was laughing the first time I saw it and the second time I think because I've seen this in real life more than once honestly and I will admit I am sometimes part I try not to be part of the group mind hive but it does sometimes happen and I have to kind of fight that really hard and just kind of let people be people but I'm like that really does happen in small groups of friends, you know, it that's real. It's very much like you're single, you're single, you should be together. And it's just sort of like it's that couple zombie mentality of like, we're all together, you must be together too. But this is, I mean, it's also like I get it as characters, they were in a relationship before, but it's mm-hmm. also a way, a, a commentary on like, you know, straight people looking at gay Ooh. people being like, oh, you're gay, here's my friend. Blah, he's gay. gay. You Ta-da! guys should date. And you're like, Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, oh good. Nobody's immune to this shit. But like <laughs> in terms of this show, mm. the characters already have had an established relationship. And it's like, yeah, they're they've reached like a level of comfort now where they don't have to date. Mm-hmm. But they can still be friends and still right. still be- do yeah still hang out in social settings and have it be okay right maybe more than okay truthfully i mean and they hang out too and watch the shows but like also i think that it's that episode where daryl's like we need to set boundaries like yes yes because that they feel that pressure right so it's like we'll still be friends but like maybe let's take let's take a pause Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so um um how did you feel okay how did you feel about the song i want to be a child star oh are you asking me because i deal with children who want to be child stars is that why you bring this up is this because i deal with this on a regular basis maybe 
All right. Well, for those of you who don't know, um, I'm a private voice teacher um, in New York and in New Jersey, um, and I do deal with a lot of children who want to be child stars or who think or whose parents want them to be child stars sometimes. Um, not always. Most often, honestly, the kids I work with are very persistent and driven and determined on their own. They don't need their parents' help with that at all. Um, but what did I think of it? You know, it's funny because like in the last like three or four years, right, we have seen a lot of child stars from when you and I, John, were children mm -hmm. coming out and talking about how awful the work circumstances were for them. Yes. Um, Jeanette McCurdy wrote that, wrote a book. A whole book on it called I'm Glad My Mom is Dead, which if you haven't read yet, you owe it to yourself. It is a great read. Um, I mean, the title alone, and I was like, I can't wait to see how this turns out. Um, but we've seen, and that's what the song is kind of funny in that way, because if the song does touch on like all the things child stars go through in their young professional careers, right? And yes. how, you know, Tucker. Is that his name? Yes, it is. I got a memory of a faulty steel trap, so it's hit or miss, you know? Um, so Tucker, it's kind of comical. And also Tucker is using this audition as a way, you know, it, it, using Rebecca to get him to this audition. Like, you know, again, here's somebody else who's using her in a way, which is interesting because she's been using everybody up until this point. Right. And, yeah. and now all of a sudden, you know, the tables get turned. And you're like, how did you not see this happening, Rebecca? Mm -hmm. How did you not recognize your own behavior in somebody else? It feels like with the references that he's making in the song isn't typical anymore. It's like atypical in a way because like you do have some people who come out, especially nowadays when this song is being sung, like you get child stars who are looked out for. Um, I mean, you mentioned Jeanette McCurdy, but like there's the whole Britney Spears documentary about how, you know, her dad is a douchebag. Um, I'm not sugarcoating it. Uh, but then at the same time, you look at like Christina Aguilera, who did have a rebellious stage, but like it was on purpose. It was like a, a way of her self -re reflect, uh, um, reflecting. No. It's a way of her, like, showing her true self, showing a side of herself and everything. You know, the dirty era is what I'm referring to. But, like, you know, it has gotten a little better, I think, for child stars. But, like, it's still hit or miss. It's hit or miss. And honestly, I think the bigger issue with child stars is how they're sexualized before they're 18. Oh, my God. The Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen of it all. Yeah, them. Um, I remember there was a video of um, Dakota Fanning. And she was, it was either Dakota Fanning or um, Abigail Breslin. I forget which of them it was. But they did this pan up her body um, on a red carpet. And it was creepy. I'm like, she's 10. What is wrong with you? And like the countdown clocks. I think it was Millie, uh, Millie Bobby Brown. Um, from Stranger Things who talked about like there was like a countdown clock to, for her to turn 18 on the internet. There's some creepy, creepy shit out there, man. Like, it's really creepy. And and like what's... So I, I do, a part of me is like, yes, we're like, the song itself humorizes some of it, but it's, it's a, it's dark subject matter because... If the pick, if if the, that kid has nobody looking out for their well being in the long run, they will be burnt out by the time they're 18, 19 years old. I can right. think of friends of mine who were on Broadway as kids, who you know they were in Les Misérables or Lion King doing you know Little Cosette or Young Simba or whatever, who by the time they were in their early twenties wanted nothing to do with the industry. Oh, yeah. That's how much, that's the effect it had. Now, of course, obviously that's not the case for everybody. Plenty of people, you know, they continue to perform in, throughout their whole lives after that. So, I mean, what the song kind of captures is the, it is, yes, it's a sticky, schmaltzy song. It has like that big bravado, be our guest energy. 
um, which is a lot of fun. But you listen to the lyrics and you sit there and you go, this this doesn't sound such like something I would ever want to participate in. And you personally. have to, and what's interesting is like you have to think about in the world of what's actually happening. Uh, the director even says it later in the episode that like this was a monologue. This wasn't a song. So you're it's interesting because like uh this is an instance where the words it's a it's an in-universe thing happening. And so it's this kid spewing out this monologue about how he wants to be a child star and also like burn out by the time he's 18. And you have to be like, wow, that's in that's wild. Almost said a word that I didn't want to say because <laughs> I almost said insane. I was like, no, no, we're mental health awareness month, John. We we won't say that word. We don't say crazy. We don't say insane. <laughs> it's a little more nuanced than that. Um, while we're here, I also want to talk about Rebecca in terms of performing. So like Rachel Bloom, great singer. We know this. We've established this prior to Crazy Ex-Girlfriend and everything. But we do kind of see it throughout the series, but it's not really until that episode where they do the community theater where we see Rebecca and her true singing self. And like, I don't I don't know if you've come across this in your life, but I certainly feel like I'm a I'm a great singer because my shower doesn't boo at me. How did you feel about the dichotomy that they show of her performing? I think to take the character into consideration that this is her in her most vulnerable and true place. And like what to what it took to get her here you know does that make sense rebecca we're talking about correct okay yeah correct i think that's the biggest that's my biggest takeaway honestly from that from that particular scene in that moment is it's just like maybe this is the most real she's been in the entire series up until this point at the audition for Mm -hmm. the yeah Uh, yeah we do we do see her like sing earlier especially uh one indescribable instant with tucker right and she's not good at she's right yeah she can't harmonize it's cute (laughs) but like i i as oh okay as a performer though do you think it's difficult to sing bad on purpose it takes skill i would say um, we in shows I've worked on where the character is purposefully supposed to sing off pitch or clap on the wrong rhythms, which I've had to do more than once. The best way to do it is to kind of work backwards. Is you start by learning it correctly, and then you break it down to change it. Interesting. Yeah, it helps a lot, especially for somebody like me, where like musical accuracy is important um, in most in most circumstances anyway. And the only way to kind of get through it is to work on it correctly and then slowly find the places where messing around makes the most sense. You know, mm-hmm. like, why would you know? Otherwise, you're just making that. Otherwise, it kind of creates like a I'm making mistakes willy nilly because I can as opposed to why am I, why, why would a mistake happen in this particular place? You know, it allows you, it allows the actor, the singer to be more specific. And um, the other people who do this really, really well are the, um, the members of the Cornley Drama Society, um, better known as like a mischief theater company yes. that goes wrong people. That's how they do all their shows is they start by doing it completely a hundred percent perfect. And then they, destroy it from the inside <laughs> that's their so that's why they're so successful is because they they do what they do the first couple of rehearsals and runs absolutely perfectly and then they dismantle it from the, they, they take the house apart from the inside and what's and to uh before we get to sharp and flat i do want to say though that i love that they end the song they end the they end the series with the West Covina, but it's a cappella. And it's just like a pure moment. You know, we're not um we don't need the bells and whistles. We don't need the high orchestration. It's just the two of them 
quietly singing to each mm-hmm. other and it's yeah yeah and that's enough and I it, think maybe it's the first time in the whole show those two characters are are just enough for themselves it, you know and I also like that like West Covina is kind of the theme song without really being the theme song but it is the theme song of the show yeah it kind of is because it does it's the catalyst for all the other action but also, it, like, they didn't have to write a new song, really. Mm-hmm. They just reprised it. And so I I don't, I think this left me satiated. You know, I wasn't, what? like, wanting more. Um, it left on the cliffhanger of not us listening to the hard work Rebecca put into songwriting. And I'm okay with all of that. Mm-hmm. So... Anything else you want to talk about before we get into Sharp and Flat, which we are doing, Lauren? I fi- <laughs> Y'all can't see this, but I'm giving John the death stare through my iPad right now. <laughs> mostly because I can. I love you. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, whatever. Save it for later. Um, no, but I agree. <laughs> I mean, I agree. I, like I said, I just think that that's the moment where the two of them, like their self-worth is enough. And honestly, we've gotten bells and whistles for, you know, 60 plus episodes. Yeah. So, which I think that that's interesting. Like there's, I think there's 61 episodes total, 62 if you count the the, special concert. Yeah. The special concert they did for the, what did they say as a tribute to the fans? (laughs) Well, because they went on tour. Yeah. 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 The ultimate fan service. I'm like, yeah, I was here for it. So kicking myself for not having gone. Um, but I think that, yeah, it's, it's it, we would, in musical theater, it's like, oh, it's a button. He put the button on that song. Like, it's like a little mm. boop. And then that just, it leaves you, it leaves you with, this was enough. Yeah. I mean, really, the whole the series as a whole is more than enough. But in that moment, it's like, yeah, this is, this is good. Well, so it's you, good that we came full circle in a way that, that, you know, makes sense. You defined the show as a musical show. I think, though... It also works without the music. Like the music is just the the icing, you know, the the sprinkles, the added bonus that for people like us who work in the industry, who love also love watching musicals and musical TV shows and all that. Like this was great for us, but I feel like if they didn't have it, I would still like the show. Anyway, let's get into Sharp and Flat, shall we? Like I have a choice. Let's go. <laughs> Sharp. Flat. So in this section, we're going to highlight some moments, whether or not we talked about it. If we liked it, it's sharp. If we didn't like it, I thought I could change. It's flat. And boy, howdy, I didn't, I had an easier time this season than I have had the past three seasons finding some flats, but it, there's not that many. Um, and I want to start, if you don't mind, with flats. Sure, let's work from the bottom up. Yeah, so um, I'm flatting prison. We didn't really talk about it, but like this show, this season, Rebecca starts off in prison and like, you know, it shows a depiction of it, which I think is still honest in a way. I think, you know, the way that they talk about how those women are uh, uh, unjustly in prison which is still happening to this day. So prison, you're a flat. Um, I also want to flat Josh, Greg, and Nathaniel playing with Rebecca's emotions. Like throughout the whole season, she's told them, hey, boundaries, I'm still trying to figure my my brain out. And although, yes, she does throw herself at them at points throughout the season, but it's, but like they also stop her. So it's weird. I don't know. Again, binge watching the show is weird because <laughs> you're like, wait, three episodes ago, you said this and now you're completely opposite. Whatever. Um, and then lastly, and this is just for me, my flat. Uh, so we know we I've established I've bought all these songs on iTunes when they came out, blah, blah, blah. But I'm flatting that the episode I Need Some Balance, which is the Cats episode, is not available on the iTunes mad because those songs are funny for fuck's sake and i don't know why it might be the same reason as to why the josh groban song isn't really available anyway lauren do you have any flats for this season 
I do. I does. Yes. Yeah. I think I talked about most of my plots though in the first episode. They don't really have much to do with the music itself. Frankly. Okay. It really more has to do with the fact, like I said, last episode, 10 pounds of shit, five pound bag. And we're just kind of like, it's, it's, it's the one thing that like bothers me in like, in terms of storytelling, you know, like yeah. I'm okay. I'm like, you, they could have taken a little bit more time. They could have had a fifth season to like, let us breathe a little bit as the audience, hmm. but they didn't. And it's a meh for me personally. Okay. No. And I know I'm not the only one who feels this way, but I'm just probably one of the more vocal people who feels this way. But do you feel like though the series finale was a good episode? I'm not saying great. I mean like enjoyable and tied things up. Yeah, I would say so. I didn't, so, okay. I didn't mind that. It's like, oh, we get to see everybody's progression. You know, I don't mind that. That, that was fine. I mean, that's the kind of the point of a series finale typically unless you're doing something like Seinfeld where they end up in jail and then that's, that's kind of it. Or, um, or trailer park boys, their series finale is one of my favorites out there. Or the but Sopranos. Again, yeah. There you go. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Haven't watched it, but I know what that finale is like. <laughs> it's on HBO. So you can watch it anytime I, you want. If you I want can. to. Um, but that's uh, yeah. So it, it's a good solid eight out of 10 for me. Okay. Series finale. Okay, we like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, but like, is that really your only flat or do you have others? Truthfully, yes. Truthfully, yes. Because I, I like, every, there's so, I have more sharps than flats for really the series as a whole, but in particular with this season. I've been, I've been saying it the past few episodes, mm. but like anything that in the series that is flat worthy, they're doing it on purpose or they make commentary on it. Like, sure. Like I would start to write something and then like five minutes later, somebody's like, what the fuck are you doing? Or like you get that it's a heightened thing and they look back and they're like, maybe I shouldn't have done that. You know, like, Mm. or you you hate the dad, her Rebecca's dad so much, but like, you're supposed to hate him. Yeah. The point is to hate him. True point. Yes. Um, That's how the show is so smart. Uh, Okay. Let's get to sharps. I want to sharp. Rebecca, I have so many sharps, so I'm going to just plow through them. Rebecca and Paula's relationship in the finale, love it. Sharp. Heather, ultimate sharp. I wrote her name in all caps with like seven exclamation marks afterwards. Uh, <laughs> as much as I, I don't like prison, I just want to sharp Rebecca's cellmate reading the dictionary when we, we first see Sharp. Uh, uh, another sharp underwear over the jumpsuits in what's your story, which is the cell block tango of it. So funny. Um, my other sharp is for other Rebecca in the uh, titles, the theme song sequence. Um, our twisted fate lyrics sharp. Uh, Cause it's, it's so funny. Uh, sharp to Heather and Nathaniel playing instruments in their car during uh, that song. I, I don't know. It's it's so funny and stupid. Uh, the justification for Greg being played by a different actor, sharp. Sherry O'Terry, sharp. Um, oh, so she has a line, Sherry O'Terry, in one of her episodes with, oh, no, 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 sorry. Rebecca has a line in an episode. I can't remember which one, but I just wrote down, yes, I've been blessed with gifted lovers. Well, to be fair, I've taught them well. I was like, get it. Get it, girl, sharp. And then the f- the filing performances are sharps for me. Uh, no one else is singing my song. The group mind has decided you're in love. Antidepressants are so not a big deal. And 11 o'clock. I mean, the whole, I love this whole season series. So I would just sharp everything. But like, those are the specific ones that I wrote down while lost rewatching and fell in love again with the show. Lauren, what are your sharps? Okay, so minor, I agree with all of yours. Um, I would like to give an extra special sharp to the production designers on this show. Yes. I think the production designers are the unsung heroes on a lot of television shows. And if you don't know what they do, I highly suggest you look do some research, look it up. Um, because what they do, especially in every single one of those fantasy dream situations, is just chef's kiss 
perfection, all of the references that come into play is just so, so, so good. Um, so sharp. Um, Adam Schlesinger, thank you for the music, man. Like such good material between him and his music and uh, Rachel Bloom's lyrics. Like we, we've been gifted with four seasons of silly, fantastic, deeply felt, phenomenal, phenomenal music, you know? And I'm going to be honest and say, sometimes, you know, some Broadway musicals are lucky if they have one or two songs that are, you know, hummable. But after all these years, I'm still going, I'm just a girl in love. I can't be for my actions. (laughs) Yeah. So I think that that's, I, I, so basically my sharps all have to do with highlighting the people behind the scenes. And, and you know, that, that I think kind of sometimes that can, can get a little lost, especially in the consider like, like sometimes in the world, the Emmys and things like that. Don't get me started on how the Emmys screw people over. Um, but <laughs> I, I think that's important. I, know. I guess I know, you know, I know, you know, but the, the, the others, they don't know. <laughs> I, they don't know. Or do they? Um, uh, any other point. sharps? Um, 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 I guess we just need to sharp Rachel Bloom for having the gumption, really, to go up against the 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 industry machine and being and saying like, "No, this is my show. I'm going to do this how I want to do this, and either you're on board or you're not," and mm-hmm. persevering through all the rejection to make it happen because you know when you really when we're honest with ourselves you know especially in the entertainment industry is that it's very easy to get sidetracked it's very easy to just get used to hearing the word no 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 all the time and give up so I think about that honestly like that that the fact that you know in the face of all of that and knowing what her personal story is it kind of helps put it in everything into perspective of it's kind of a miracle the show happened at all yeah and it's it happened i think at the right time mm-hmm. yeah we were ready for it yeah as an audience i think the people who were going to watch it who it was you know made for we were ready for it because if it happened now i don't mm, it would be a very different story because a lot of it will be centered around covid yeah and what well then that's its own mental health crisis right there yes so this happened it it was the sweet spot every i mean there were still other things going on in the world but like in terms of like the arts and entertainment and everything it happened at the correct moment Mm -hmm. and i'm happy it happened i Mm -hmm. love i love the show um would you add any of the songs to your life's playlist? I already kind of have all of them. So yes, <laughs> <laughs> already sort of between Spotify and the sheet music. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty covered on the, on the song book of Miss Rachel Bloom. Yeah. I listen to a lot of songs from this season. Like I said, I download them all. So mm-hmm. um, I love don't be a lawyer. Any depressants are so not a big deal. 11 mm-hmm. o'clock. Um, I uh, they're just so there's a lot of other great ones that mm-hmm. I'm skipping over right now because like there's a lot of material there's a lot of material and I like have all of them on my phone so like you know I just hit play uh, like look up like the crazy ex-girlfriend cast and just hit play and shuffle and like let mm-hmm. let the gods decide what I'm gonna listen to so mm-hmm. uh, but Lauren we did it we did we it in the two episodes. It. Yay! Is there anything? I, yeah, I only went off the rails twice. That's like a record. It's fine. <laughs> it's totally. You make fine. me feel safe, John. You make me. You make me feel so safe that I can go off the rails, and you're not going to get mad too mad at me. This is a but safe space. <laughs> this is a safe space, and you know it's not a job, so we're doing this for fun, really. This is true. This is volunteer work. You're right. This is all volunteer work for everyone involved. <laughs> uh, but Lauren, what do you have to plug and or promote? Oh man, I'm on retainer, and I'm not allowed to talk about anything. So I guess, like I said in the last episode, fight me on social media because I'm bored. Where can if people are interested in 
taking lessons from you because you we did talk about that that you do oh, do voice did. lessons yes, Where yes, can, yes do yes. you have like a website or is it just like contact you via instagram the instagram is fine because i mean everything goes to my pocket computer also known as my little iphone 12 it's so old She's an old girl. She's going to be paid off finally in September. It's very exciting for me. In time for the new ones. <laughs> I, oh, no, please. Are you kidding me? I'm going to wait like a decade before I get a new phone. I'm one of those people. I'm like, no, Apple, you already got my money. Now you have to wait. <laughs> Jerks. Um, no, so, yeah. So Instagram is great. At Lodges underscore size. Is, is a totally acceptable way to get in touch. It is a private profile, but if you send a direct message, I will still see it. And I know we we glossed over a lot of things and went off the rails a lot, but if there was something that you wanted to highlight from this season or the series, since we're basically done with it, uh, you can email me at buttersongpod at gmail.com. I'm also on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at buttersongpod. Uh, what did you think of season four? Do you agree with Lauren that it's a 10 gallons worth of a material in a five gallon tub or whatever she, the quote is? Do you want me to say it again to clarify? Yes, please. This is, uh, it, it, it's typically um, 10 pounds of shit in a five pound bag. That's, that's typically the way it's okay. said. Okay. Or I mean, you, that, I, I said rice in the first episode. So 10 whatever. <laughs> whatever, man. Just at 10 10 pounds of something and five pounds of something. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and if you want to be part of next episode's conversation, we are not yet done with talking about Crazy Ex-Girlfriend because oh, we are talking about the Crazy Ex-Girlfriend episode titled, Yes, It's Really a Singing, the Crazy Ex-Girlfriend Concert Special. Woo! Woo! Lauren, thank you so much for coming back on. I love you. I love you too. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you'll be back soon. You're always back. Yeah, probably. (laughs) (laughs) Gave you a list. We have to work our way through the list of movie musicals, you know? Yes. Uh, And bye for now, everyone. Ciao, ciao. Special thanks to Justin Johnson for creating the podcast's artwork and to Nick Bombasino for composing the theme song and the jingles in this podcast. And thank you to CastBox for hosting this podcast. Bye again, everyone, and have a musical day. Crazy Girlfriend.